You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Welcome back, Queerians. We are your hosts. I am Evan Jones. And with them, as always, is Paul Hobbs. And we are super happy to have you here today. Paul and I are excited because uh, we're going to go see the Phantom of the Opera tonight. Oh, it's going to be wild for me. It's going to be. Um, no, it's, it is literally my lifelong dream. <laughs> um, on my list of things that I want to do before I die, the Phantom of the Opera has been on there for How a while. High? Okay, out of, out of your top, like everybody, oh, okay, God. if you have 50 items, where's Phantom? Oh, um, it was in the top 10, honestly. I know it was a very achievable thing. I don't know why it's been, I've been fixated on it, but I was just like, I just no, I, want I, it to. I understand. You know, like there's some things, some basic things like... I had never seen a musical, and when I saw Wicked or whatever for the first time, I was like, okay, like, yeah. I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. I I have always wanted to see The Phantom. The only thing that would be better is if I was seeing The Phantom on Broadway, but that's a dream for another Excuse time. Excuse you. P-Pack is nice. P-Pack is- I love P-Pack. It's a beautiful- it P-Pack, not- if you're <laughs> listening and you want a sponsorship- <laughs> That's right. Tweet us. This is not to, to denote P-Pack at all. The, the, literally, it is a beautiful- you can hear the sirens in the back. Are we back in Gary? <laughs> Where are we? What? <laughs> I don't know. Evan, it sure don't look like Rhode Island anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Dahmer's coming to get us. Um, what am I saying? My whole thing was, oh, just that Broadway. God, there they go again. Would you just do your goddamn job? We're trying to do a podcast here. Um, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore point is we're going to see phantom tonight i think it might have semi-inspired the uh episode that we're doing today well yeah, it's a dark theme and <laughs> I a mean, dark I theme. Guess. it's a dark day we're covering jeffrey dahmer we're going to see the phantom we're getting lost in the madness oh of the music of the night we need to stop at party city and get masks so we can be weird we are fans. not going to be those people you can buy masks at the theater like respectable um, and pay $80. <laughs> for the same thing you'd get at Party City for $3? Yep. Yes, exactly. We are not showing up in masks. Um, I can't, I'm doing all I can just to get you to dress up like a goddamn adult to go um, to the theater. Me, a hoodie and pajama no. pants is suitable. And what you wear to the movie theater is your business, but what you wear to the theater. Okay. In all honesty, I wouldn't leave the house in pajama pants, but I would totally wear joggers. Like, this with some joggers, I would do it all day. You have to dress up. You have to show respect for the arts. There is a respect. There is a... Cl- the arts never showed a respect for me. Have you seen my drawing? <laughs> yeah, I've seen your drawing. That's why you got no respect. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Anyways, um, we have to, like, rush through these episodes because we, we're recording back-to-back. There's part one and two. Because 
I started to write this uh, thing because I was like, oh, what if we covered like queer serial killers and I'll just throw a couple in. And then I started on Jeffrey Dahmer and I was like, this has to have its own thing because Jeffrey Dahmer direct directly affected the queer community, not just in the fact that he killed queer people and he was a gay man himself, but also because of the way the fallout of it, because of the police treatment of the queer community during the process and because of the public's treatment of the queer community the, yeah, after. Yeah, the resulting exactly. biases <clears throat> and things. Yeah. Also, before we get started, yes. I just want to say, trigger warning. Yes. And also, I am an awkward laugher. <laughs> I, just, I have been in so much trouble from like bosses and things in the past, and mm-hmm. I will start laughing. Yeah. I was sitting in the passenger side seat, and a woman was telling Dave and her husband died, and I started laughing. And it is not a disrespectful laugh, but yeah. I don't know how to be awkward, so I laugh and make it it's more an awkward. awkward. Topic. It's an o- awkward topic, and we are not true crime um, podcasters or covers, like, so this is not a true crime thing. We both like true crime. We both listen to True Crime podcasts. This is a True Crime special edition. It is, but it, that's not the part. Like, our purpose of covering this is to co- cover, like, the like the queer perspective of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to lend a voice, uh, you know, a voice to it because there was gay, queer victims and a queer uh, killer. Um, so I think that's important. But we, we're we not – like, if you want the nitty-gritty details, you're going to have to go somewhere else because we're – I did not put many – of the nitty gritty details in here. I put the basics Mm -hmm. because that's not what we're focusing on. Um, But (laughs) we're getting to that. Uh, Before we get to all that, we do want to put, I am putting in a plug for my, um, my friend's boyfriend. Uh, If you are American Idol fan, if you still watch American Idol or if your mom watches American Idol, uh, vote for Jeremiah Lloyd Harmon. No, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but check out Jeremiah Lloyd Harmon. He's the redhead, cute redhead. Um, he, his boyfriend comes, uh, grew up in the IFB, uh, with me, similar to me. We went to college together and Jeremiah is a really good guy. You should at least check him out. So this is a free plug for Jeremiah Lloyd Harmon. Look him up on YouTube right now. His song, um, I think it's called Almost Heaven. Uh, it's really good. It's really pretty. Made Katy Perry almost cry. So yeah, that's true. There you go. Um, anyways, anything else you want to cover before we jump into this? Cause I, we got to move. I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. So, questions. Uh, last week, we took you to church, and this week, we're visiting hell. Where we live every other day. That's right. And we don't discriminate heaven or hell, but we, we're hell. It's, it's more comfortable in hell. It's, you know warmer. it's warmer. It is. Better people are there, for yeah, sure. You know, there's always something happening. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Someone's getting burned. Have you ever seen the, this movie, Your Pretty Face? Not the movie. The show, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell? No. I think you would actually appreciate it. The little bit of TV that you like. It's a satire about hell. It's funny. Oh, I should look into that. That'd be good. Yes. Anyways, honestly, we, um, while we're definitely not a true crime podcast, as we said, or unless you call Paul shamelessly slurping from a drink in the background <laughs> a crime, I had put that in there before we ever made those jokes. <laughs> it was it was gold. I was just like, wow. Yeah. So this week I have a can with no ice, and I also have no food because I'm turning a new people, a, a new, new leaf, pe- people. Oh. I'm turning a new leaf, people. <laughs> Look, this is a good sign for the rest of the podcast. We still got another episode. Oh yeah. Too. So yeah, if you're tired of hearing Paul digging through ice in the background, <laughs> or maybe you like it, maybe it makes you aroused. I don't know. Whatever your kink is, but. Anyways, back to the podcast. As always, as we say, where there's history, there are queers. Are you literally slurping? 
Is it not possible for you to just drink something and not make a noise? You must be so much fun in bed. Just everything noisy. I know, actually, I've lived underneath you, and I've lived next to you, and I've lived <laughs> above you, and every time I could hear you, not that I can judge. At least I closed the door. Closing the door, but when you start, when you already start making out and you're on the bed, do I want to get up and walk over to the door and close it? No, you guys have seen my ass. If you're like, well, maybe Paul's going to come downstairs and make a sandwich. It's okay. Just, he could see everything. He can walk past the door quickly and you'd be all right. It wouldn't kill you. (laughs) Anyways, we're so off. Okay, so uh, where there's history, there is queers. And the same is certainly true in the realm of true crime. And we have a few reasons for wanting to cover serial killers, other than the fact that they're the hottest fad today. That's a thing. Yeah. It is. Netflix has got like 100 documentaries if you yeah. want to check them out. Every, I follow like 30 serial and like true crime podcast, not podcast, YouTube channels. Oh, yeah. And every day, since I follow so many, I got at least like three new episodes to watch. There you go. So, yeah, everybody's covering serial killers. Everybody loves them. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with getting in with the true crime fad. But we wanted to pay proper tribute to the victims who were uh, queer themselves and who were often overlooked due to their identity or orientation. And the second reason we want to cover queer serial killers is to break away from the stigma that that link pedophiles with the queer community. Mm -hmm. For this reason, we will not ever cover any child serial killer as part of the LGBTQ community unless there's outside evidence to sustain this claim. So, for instance, we will not cover John Wayne Gacy, despite that he has been repeatedly classified as a homosexual, or the killer gay clown. Though he raped and murdered at least 33 teenage boys, the orientation or illness of, pe- or of pedophilia is completely separate from that of gay or bisexual. There is no evidence that Gacy ever had an actual relationship with, an- with another man, or a healthy relationship with another boy when he was younger, or even evidence that he had casual consensual sex with other men. Yeah, so that's a big thing that you find in um, in coverage of serial killers. Like, a guy will be, uh, he's a pedophile and he's raping all these little girls and people are like, oh, he's a pedophile. And the guy that is raping and killing women, he's a serial killer. But then if someone touches boys, it's he's gay and the two get conflated. They mm-hmm. get, you know, it's, it's, I don't think, I don't care what he says. I don't see John Wayne Gacy as a homosexual. He is a fucking pedophile and it is a different orientation it's it's different or you can call it orientation you can call it call it illness i don't care the two are very different it's very separate and what happens is these gay serial killers get covered and really they're they're pedophiles and that's a, a whole different ball game and we already have to work so hard to break away from the stigma that surrounds homosexual men with pedophiles mm-hmm. or transgender individuals with pedophiles like the lgbtq community as a whole has been linked with pedophiles and we are breaking the fuck away from that yeah So the conflation of homosexuality with pedophilia has deeply muddied the waters of true crime reporting, with writers and commentators often blaming the crimes on homosexuality either sympathetically or or condemning or both. Sorry, condemnating. What was I trying to say? Condemnating. Condemnating. I don't know what the hell. Condiments. So like you hear this a lot. Like oh wow, he the poor guy. He was gay. If only he hadn't. If only he had been able to be honest with himself. He wouldn't have raped and killed those thirty three boys. He fucking probably would have raped and killed those thirty three boys. In fact, the story of Jeffrey Dahmer perfectly proves that being gay has nothing to do with you being a serial killer. Yeah. So Nicholas Groth, William H. William F. Hobson and Thomas S. Gary wrote in their combined work, The Child Molester Clinical Observations, 
homosexuality and homosexual pedophilia are not synonymous. In fact, it may be that these two orientations are mutually exclusive, the reason being that the homosexual male is sexually attracted to masculine qualities, whereas the heterosexual male is sexually attracted to feminine characteristics, and the sexually immature child qualities are more feminine than masculine. The child offender who is attracted to and engaged in, sex in adult sexual relationships is heterosexual. It appears, therefore, that the adult heterosexual male constitutes a greater sexual risk to underage children than does the adult homosexual male. Surprise, surprise. Wow, what a shocker. So while we won't cover other while we won't cover child molesters as queer individuals, we will cover complicated individuals, such as Jeffrey Dahmer. As there is plenty of evidence to show that Dahmer was a gay man and also a serial killing cannibal who sometimes preyed on teenage boys. You can be both kids. Surprise. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. You can do anything you want. <laughs> Seriously, though, this brings us to our final reason why we wanted to do the, wanted to do this series. We wanted to remind folks that queer people are people just like anyone else. We can be the heroes and sa that save the day, the entertainers who make us laugh or cry, and the, le uh, the leaders that change the world, the singers who swoon our hearts, the nosy neighbor next door, or sometimes the bump in the night. The breath on your neck, the person eating your dick on a stick like a popsicle. I mean, I was like, I, I was like into it until that part, that last word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but that's what Jeffrey did. <laughs> Our history is just as wonderful and as sordid as every other human's. So let's get dark questions. There's no turning back now. Dun, dun, dun. So turn you the see? lights off and listen. Uh, like, music of the night. I can't sing anymore. Ever since testosterone fucked up my vocal cords. You could cords. sing before. <laughs> Bitch, I could sing. First of all, my family traveled around to churches and saying, I have CDs out there. You can find them if you want to find them. I mean, this, how big was the selection? It was what like, you... here's the 10,000 people who are crazy enough to be in this And religion. we sang to all 10,000. Okay? Okay? <laughs> you can look up the Wolf family. Look up the Dan Wolf family. I'm sure you'll find it out there. Faith Music Missions. Check it out. You can hear me singing at age 11, 12, 13. It's good stuff. It's really awful, but it's good. <laughs> Are there YouTube videos? Are there videos? And I don't think there's videos. Because um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't as popular now. No, they, it's not that they cared about showing the cultiness. They just weren't quite advanced enough at that time. Now there's a lot of them. They had typewriters and shit. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just saying no like, microphone. The videos... He had to just project. I'm not saying that <laughs> they thought they were real. Then they fancy. leave on their buggy. <laughs> the point is, they avoided the internet because you know that could make you think bad thoughts. Maybe you would interact with gay people and think that you were gay, or you'd figure out what transgender meant, and we couldn't have that now, could we? All right. <laughs> so back to the series again. It wouldn't be appropriate to kick off this series with any other homo than our most famous serial-killing queer, Jeffrey Dahmer. The six-foot, blonde-haired, brown-eyed former veteran hailed from, hailed from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Though he was born in Ohio originally, no, a lot of people don't know that. He spent a couple of his uh, childhood years in Ohio. He was born on May 21st, 1960. He was the oldest of two children and... Many accounts state the young boy became subdued and withdrawn after his younger brother was born. So, younger siblings, it's your fault if your older sibling becomes a serial killer. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, his, like he was, like, this happy-go-lucky child, and then all of a sudden he got a little 
brother. Some people say that his parents didn't pay enough attention to him. I'm sorry. That like no. That's just, what. What are you trying to do here? So so if, so if I have like I could be a serial killer and it'd be could. fine. Like this is the reason. It's perfect. You have two younger sisters, and uh, technically, this is perfect example of why you should be out killing people. I know, right? Absolutely. I mean, your father wasn't around. Nope, I didn't get enough attention. You're a gay man, right? Um, I literally, and I'm blonde. You're basically Jeffrey Dahmer when you think of it. Don't check the backyard. I won't check the backyard. You don't have a lot of space back there. (laughs) Paul's looking at me creepy again. That's okay. It's fine. I was telling Samantha the other day that when I get a little, I'm I'm always on my toes because I know that the person most likely to kill me is her. Just statistically, statistically, that's statistically, very true. and secondly would be you or Katie, probably my closest friends. I'm just saying that's how it is. It's someone that you know, someone that you know is most likely to Don't kill ever you. Ever piss me off? I got all the characteristics. Bitch, and, go ahead. And I'm like being the white male is like the number one. It's true, statistic. number one. Yeah, that's number one killer is a straight white male. Oh, well, fuck. Oh, wait, not straight. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. You would only have sex with a woman. <laughs> this, is what, this is what keeps tripping you up. Right. Anyway, so this is all. I love how people do this with serial killers, though. I think there are legitimate factors in play. Like, a lot of serial killers have had injuries as children. I think um, it's has, trauma. Uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of times you hear, like, they got hit in the head, their head got split That's a open. Big one. Like, yep. Um, of course, there is there is sexual trauma. Does, can be a can be a factor. Although, of course, there's a lot of people that are. Um, you, you know, know what? Like, I feel like you're either born that way or not. You think so? I do. Like, I feel like there's something in your brain that you either can kill or you couldn't. But do you think that there is? There could be though a um, like a physical injury to your head because most. No, I think you kill- can. I can. I had. I do believe a head injury, which like alters your brain structure. Yeah. or something can can trigger that trigger that. Yeah. By like suppressing something, but I really feel like you're either born with it or you're not. And I'm not saying if you're born with it, you'll do it. Yeah. I'm just saying like, like I know I unless my life or David's life or somebody's life was in danger, I could never kill someone. Yeah. Like I just couldn't do it. That's and then true. you hear the serial killers talking, and they're like, "Yeah, I just fucking did it." Like, yeah. And then, well, I feel like you're either like you can or you can't. I think a lot of them as children they had these fantasies as early children. So I think you're right. Well, it's like being born as a sociopath, or you know, without having feelings or under. Not that you don't understand the concept of right or wrong, you just don't care. You don't right. feel the concept of right or wrong. So, and, and Jeffrey did exhibit a lot of those things as a young boy. Like as a very young boy, he started exhibiting um, these things. But the whole thing that because he had a, a younger brother, that's what like sparked this change in his demeanor. It's it's kind of stupid. So there are varying accounts of Dahmer's childhood. Most show that he was raised in a healthy environment, even though his parents did fight a lot. He was energetic, inquisitive, and developed a special interest in animals, which... Uh, a special interest, keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, which seems sweet and innocent at first, until Jeffrey began collecting dead carcasses for dissection and experiments, and then moved out on to collecting live animals, killing them, often, by the way, in very horrendous ways, mm-hmm. and conducting his so-called research. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to put in the stories, again, because we're not a true crime podcast. I couldn't bring myself to bring in the stories of the things that he did to the animals, but... Yeah, I mean, if you see the things he did to humans... (laughs) You can imagine what he did to animals. Um, And he was, again, he was young. And um, back to, again, there is conflicting reports about his childhood where people, again, say he was neglected. They say his mother was kind of crazy, that she had substance abuse problems. All we do know is his parents fought 
awful, like really, yeah. really awful fighting. And by the time Dahmer was a teenager, he was showing aggressive signs of mental illness as his abusive and as his abuse and torture of animals continued to escalate. Some say this was due to the fact he was struggling with school and dealing with the divorce of his parents. Wow, so you wow, you're having a really hard time in school and mm -hmm. your parents just broke up. Here's my uh, here's the keys to my farm. Yeah, um, any anything you need, you can find it in there. You need a, you need a hacksaw. <laughs> there's a couple cows out back. Whatever you gotta do, man. Yeah, whatever you gotta do to get it out. I know that you have a little brother too, so like that completely must be hard for you. Right? So go out and, and that skin, it's super white. <laughs> Hey Queerstians, thanks for listening to today's episode of Your Queer Story. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with your free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I love Audible. I have had my subscription for over two years and it is worth every single penny. I listen to it all the time. I hate to read, but I love listening to things while I work. Audible gives me the opportunity to listen to the best-selling books, while I'm at my computer or driving and makes the day fly by. And the best part is that Audible offers a wide variety of queer-friendly books as well. So you can listen to anything from The Queer History of the United States by Michael Bronski to over 200 LGBTQ fantasy novels. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com queer. Again, that's audibletrial.com queer for your free audiobook. In his attempts to curb his dark thoughts, Jeffrey turned to alcohol. This is one thing I will say. I'm not trying to say I have, I think a lot of times Jeffrey Dahmer, people have said he's a very sympathetic serial killer. I'm not going to have sympathy for the man. I, I, you know, he probably was, I'm sure he was mentally ill. I wish that it had been a different time. He might have been able to get help. Mm -hmm. And he was clearly an alcoholic. There, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was an alcoholic until the day that he died. He relied on alcohol, and being a recovering alcoholic myself, I have sympathy in that respect. But, again, I don't know. There just was no hope from him for him from the beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So another secret the young man could have been struggling with was his orientation. By age 14, Dahmer says he knew he was gay and encountered him to a, and entered into a brief romance with another boy at school. However, he could not tell anyone his secret as it was the mid-1970s when this revelation came to the budding homo. In addition to his bizarre animal dissections and increased drinking, if Jeffrey's orientation had been exposed, he most likely would have been committed to an asylum. Which, which is, probably would have been better. It, well, it, that's literally what I said, which isn't to say that admitting him wouldn't have been for the best. It probably would have been, but that, that also is a reality of but the time. But not because... Not not because he's gay. Right, he yeah. needed to be admitted for other reasons. But just saying, no, we don't want to support someone being admitted to asylum for being gay. But in this respect, if Jeffrey Dahmer had been admitted, it probably would have been for the best. Yeah. You know? But that was the reality at the time. You couldn't just go and tell someone. Mm -hmm. But again, another thing I hear all the time, as I said in the beginning of the episode, is people being like, if Jeffrey Dahmer had just been able to come out as gay... No. As a teenager boy, he wouldn't have done this. He was still dissecting the fucking animals. Literally. Like, exactly. That's like sign number one. If you have a child that's like going outside and just cutting animals open. Yeah. I want to get a couple things it's, checked out. And it's completely different. Yeah. If you if you have a kid who is, is gay or, they ha or they're transgender and they also happen to be dissecting animals, it is not because they, they are gay or transgender. They may be struggling with their orientation or their identity, but... That's dissecting yeah. animals. Whole different ballgame. Uh, yeah, Ball park, completely different. And the problem is that when we we talk about it together, 
we we put it that we say that we say that this... some people try to give him sympathy and you're mm-hmm. like no 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 exactly like i and i guess a lot of people that cover these topics are i struggled with coming out I yeah <laughs> i struggled a little bit with coming out i had some <laughs> just issues a little bit. Just, just a little, little bit. and i still never wanted to go take a dog and like set it on fire it just not wasn't a thing that i wanted to do never once crossed my mind no so yeah so stop using so if you do cover true crime or if you listen stop using that as an excuse please this poor guy if only he had been able to come out he had a separate mental problems so uh one argument that has a okay this is me just talking about this again one argument that has occasionally been put forward is that Dahmer's fear of what would happen if his orientation were exposed drove him to his secret dark fantasies that if he had been able to live openly and proudly then perhaps he wouldn't have kidnapped raped and murdered people and eaten them that, yeah, that, uh, yeah. If only, <laughs> if only. That is a preposterous claim. Millions of people have hidden their identities and orientations without ever keeping jars of their victims' brains lying around their house. You don't do that. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the argument aside, we do recognize that Jeffrey didn't feel safe exposing his orientation, and this would limit him from getting the help he needed. By the time he put he hit puberty, he was already concocting fantasies of rape and abuse on other boys. At age 16, he was stalking a local jogger in his neighborhood. He even waited in the bushes with a baseball bat one day, planning to knock the jogger out when he passed. But for some reason, the jogger didn't take his normal route that day. While the mystery jogger was spared an awful fate, just two years later, another young man, Stephen Mark Hicks, wouldn't be afforded the same good fortune. Yeah. So just a few months after his high school graduation, Jeffrey lured the night lured a 19-year-old friend back to his house. It actually wasn't a friend. It was just a boy that he met. Um, they were going to a concert. We don't know what concert they were going to, but according to Jeffrey, he told the boy they just wanted to have drinks. Later on, he would tell them that the two of them actually had sex. They hooked up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that Jeffrey was more interested in Steve and wanted to push things further, but Steve wanted to leave. So when Hicks tried to leave for the night, Jeffrey asked him to stay. And when Stephen declined, Jeffrey hit him in the head with a dumbbell, killing him because uh, his parents had been pushing Jeff Dahmer to be to work out, which he was already a big guy. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, "Why don't you get bigger?" So he worked out a lot, and he had a dumbbell. After performing sexual acts on the dead body, Dahmer dragged the corpse to a crawl space under the house and began dissecting it. Eventually, he stripped the bone of flesh, dissolving the flesh in acid, then crushing the bones and scattering them in the woods behind his house. He was 18 years old when he mm-hmm. did this the first and time. And I'm sure when he, like, it's, he probably, I'm sure it wasn't like a, oh, will you stay? No, I'm, I'm going to go. Like, you know, I just met you. I'm yeah. sure he was creeped the fuck out. Oh, I'm sure and was. was like, uh, hey, I'm getting out of here. And yeah. then Jeffrey's like, oh, come on, just stay. And he's like, uh, no, I'm leaving because you're a psycho. Well, yeah. And then boom. Well, the thing about, so the thing about, a couple things about Jeffrey. So first of all, he's living alone at his house because his parents had divorced at this time. So by now they've divorced and he was living alone at the house and he was known to have awful smells because he would kill these animals and he would just leave dead carcasses around everywhere. And he didn't shower. He just, he smelled awful. So this kid comes back to this place. They drink a little, they start, they have sex, but the kid also wanted to go to the concert. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And then he's, he tells Jeffrey, and Jeff, Jeffrey said in an interview, you know, he wanted to go, and I, I just, I wanted him to stay. And then so he picks up the dumbbell, and it doesn't seem like he planned to kill this kid. He's just like, no, you can't go. And 
And that was it. That was it. So after the murder, Jeffrey left to join the army. He was better suited for military for the military than school, but his drinking continued to get worse. Though, though it is rarely discussed, two soldiers did report Jeffrey for rape. True Crime Magazine, found at thecrimemag.com, writes the story as such. Fellow soldiers were astonished by the admission that Dahmer had never kissed a girl and thought they would assist him in losing his virginity. One evening, they took Dahmer to Annabelle's house, a well-known brothel in Vogelway. Vogelway. Two soldiers dragged Dahmer into the brothel, where they introduced him to a girl there. It turned out later that later, Dahmer sneaked out of the brothel moments later. It turned out that later, Dahmer snuck out of the brothel. No, I'm just laughing at trying to force it. <laughs> A kid oh. guy to have sex with a girl and he's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah i'm just gonna go right in here guys and uh, i'm gonna shut the door don't come in and he just like is crawling out of the window she's like but they've already paid me he's like yeah keep the money keep the money lady <laughs> the soldiers chalked it up to his shyness until Dahmer told them that he had never wanted to go out to go there and didn't need any girl <laughs> but if you two want to take me out back <laughs> that's right it's like i'm not turning you guys down <laughs> so despite the fact that Dahmer claimed he had no sexual adventures of any kind while he was in germany preston davis a fellow soldier soldier who worked in a medic unit with Dahmer, believes that he was drugged by Dahmer inside an armored personnel vehicle and raped once davis left germany he was replaced by 17 year old billy joe capshaw who claims that he was raped by Dahmer as well after the first assault Capshaw leaped from the third floor window to escape. That's a, that's a lot. That's uh, that's a, I really want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, according to Capshaw, Dahmer raped him eight to ten times within a period of 17 months. In Capshaw's words, Dahmer would tie him to the bunk with motor pull, with motor pull rope, stripping all his clothes, and beat him before raping him. Soon after, Capshaw reported the abuse to his commander and was taken to the dispensary for a rape test to determine if he was telling the truth. The doctors did nothing, and Capshaw was sent back to the room and spent another 17 months with Dahmer, suffering more rape and torture. Can you imagine that? Like, uh, hey, this guy raped me. Can I just move rooms? Yeah. Well, uh, we're actually going to have to pull your ass cheeks apart, and we're going to do a little test. And, I mean, maybe you just took a really hard poop that day, and, you know, I don't know. Or just just like, yeah, okay, we're not, like... It's, this goes back to the homophobia of, like, um, I don't want to touch this. I don't want to get involved with this. Um, I mean, not that the military has any kind of great history of dealing with sexual assault, period. Yeah. They fucking never uh, address it. But, you know, you add on the top. I mean, can you again, this is the 80s at this point. And this poor 17-year-old kid, which why the fuck was he in the military at 17? It was the fucking 80s. People yeah, just did whatever I guess, yeah. He's 17. He's overseas in Germany. And he is being raped by this six-foot huge like bodybuilder every, you know, on a regular basis. And he reports it to the commanders. And the commander's just like, I don't want to mess with that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get involved with any homos. This poor... The, I mean, Literally, the guy, he could have just been like, all right, here, I'll move your room. Yeah. And then, I mean, this I'm was sure not, that's all he wanted. I mean, he wanted more, but like he probably would anything. Just get a let him get away from the guy. I yeah. mean, what the fuck, you know? Um, the Independent also carried this story and said of Capshaw. Capshaw, who was 17 when he was assigned to a room with Dahmer at the Baumholder Garrison in Germany in 1980, spent five years locked in his bedroom when he got back home to Arkansas, unable to speak of his experience or socialize in any way. 
I could not say I was raped. I could not do that to my daddy. He fought in the Pacific, he recalls now. This was followed by 26 years in therapy. That's that's a sad, like he was raped by Dahmer overseas and he was so embarrassed by what had happened that he couldn't even tell his dad. Again, back to this homophobia of right. like what, what would, being raped by a man. What would, his, in his mind, his dad would have thought so low of him. Exactly. Like that's so fucked up. Yeah. In addition to the horrendous violence, the loss of life, and the devastations of families and loved ones, Dahmer's crime carried an extra burden. The burden of the stigma of homosexuality. While we do not know what, while we do not know the orientation of these soldiers, nor is it relevant, the dismissal of Dahmer's crimes is a common theme in his life. Because the reality is, leaders in the military, and later Milwaukee law enforcement, weren't interested in getting involved in anything queer. And they especially weren't interested in helping any queers. So it wasn't Dahmer's repeated rape that eventually got him discharged from the military. It wasn't the sadistic torture and dark fantasies. Instead, his other lifelong vice brought him down. His alcoholism. And honestly, thank heaven for his alcoholism. Because... I mean, as bad as Dahmer was, without his alcoholism, I, I can't even imagine. Like, there were so many times where he was stopped from doing something because he was too drunk. Yeah. Because he was arrested for being drunk for because of something with his alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and even being that, like, honestly, he was an overachiever because he managed to murder 17 people despite his alcoholism. But, like, it really kept him... Yeah, he would have been a lot worse. He would have been a lot because worse. Because he could have just gotten away. Like, nobody yeah, would have questioned him. Exactly. But also, he also did admit that he drank so much because he couldn't live with himself. Because he felt like a monster. And drinking dulled the pain. But unfortunately, know, it wasn't enough. I don't, know. I don't I feel know. like there's a solution turn your, The thing is, yeah. A, then you're also like, but then turn yourself into someone. Yeah. Don't like, make a fucking excuse. Don't be like, I, well, I tried to drink it away. No, buddy. You just got drunk so that you could do this stupid shit. Yeah, it's... In March of 1981, Jeffrey was dishonorably discharged from the military and spent the next four years bouncing around from place to place and job to job. He was arrested a few times for drunk and disorderly conduct, as well as indecent exposure. He lived with his dad and stepmom for a while, and then his grandmother. But again, his alcoholism destroyed those relationships and left him in search of a place to live. Dahmer finally caught a break in January of 1985 when he landed a job at the Milwaukee Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey and the Chocolate Factory. I want to see the musical. We've said it before, but I want to see it. Jeffrey and the Chocolate Factory? Jeffrey, yeah, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but it's a a really dark. It's kind of like Oh, is it a real thing? No, I'm saying it would be like Sweeney Todd meets Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You're shooting down all my dreams. Let's do it. Yeah, well, it might be kind of insensitive to the victims, but (laughs) thank you. Um, But just this drunk guy walking around the chocolate factory (laughs) with bones in his locker, trying to, they're falling out because he would store body parts in his locker at work. He releases a new flavor. (laughs) You just see him, oh, okay. We're getting a little dark, sorry. that's That's not our podcast. The point is, be careful if you have anything. For, I'm sure now it's like a collectible to have anything from the Broja Chocolate oh, Factory because people are so fucking fixated on it. So he also began to immerse himself into the budding queer scene in Milwaukee in the mid-80s. The city's underground gay bars began to surface openly in 1984 when an ordinance allowed for them to have windows and doors exposed to outside view. 
Because I guess before this, you just had to have a wall and pretend that there was nothing behind it. No, what I think it is, is it's like a building and then a room within a building okay. kind of situation. Like, you know how you go into a building, there's like multiple offices. I feel like you oh. couldn't have like a, you know, I, I don't know. So it had to be like tucked in the back of the building. Yeah, probably. And you, and you couldn't advertise at all. Okay. Uh, many of the older queer clubs still open today began during this time. And Jeffrey Dahmer was one of the first homos on the new scene. What? opportunistic timing for him i know like, right the perfect time because now he can find all of these places like more easily exactly well now he can find guides more easily yeah exactly you know so for a short time jeffrey attempted to date or cruise the term we used before grinder hookups back in the day well i never used that term but his true sexual <laughs> desires could not be met by the men he found in bars and bathhouses he found himself becoming more and more frustrated when his sexual partner's would more would move it's sorry oh would move at all during sex which <laughs> he's like lay down just, why are you moving just lay still pretend like i took this dumbbell and smashed your head in with it and <laughs> just do that um i feel like i need to go you're fine just lay there that how do you not, like you have to move you have to move i don't know what do you do uh, if you're hooking up with someone so if you're hooking up with someone for the first time and they make any reference to could you just pretend to be dead or asleep you need to get the fuck out of <laughs> just there just don't just don't move ask to go to the restroom crawl out that window and run for your fucking life don't make any noises literally just pretend you're dead <laughs> you might run. how do you even bring that up to someone how do you just address it hey uh could you do this for me could you just not do any no no I, I just literally just <laughs> lay there. Uh, okay. <laughs> just put your head to the side and kind of open your mouth and close your eyes and then pretend like you don't know what I'm doing to you. So. <laughs> Red flag. Yeah. His fantasies of necrophilia, having sex with dead bodies, increased. And in order to achieve these fantasies, he began to administer sleeping pills to his dates. While the men he raped did report the abuse to the clubs in the bathhouses, which barred Dahmer from attending, the victims could not go to the police. Laws against sodomy had only been repealed two years earlier in Wisconsin, and that was only after 20 years of bizarre regulations implemented, such as ban on cunnilingus. Cunnilingus, yeah, which is going down, you know, oral sex, to, you know, on a woman. Oh. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> a ban on newspapers covering sodomy trials a ban on sexual deviance driving automobile that's my favorite one literally so if, if you're gay you can't drive <laughs> that's a, if you were arrested in wisconsin for sexual deviancy which was basically being gay you were not allowed to drive a, a vehicle <laughs> or i don't know if we trust those homos on the road to be honest you put a, you well actually gotta do the midwestern accent Oh, oh, don't you know, I don't trust those homos on the road. <laughs> you put the homo behind the wheel and all of a you sudden, they, my husband's looking, he doesn't know what he to doesn't think. Know. You don't know if they're going to grab the stick shift or if they're going to grab the dick shift. You, you never know. know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it's just not safe, to be honest. <laughs> um, and after all Democrats in the state were labeled homocrats, for supporting repeal on sodomy laws. <laughs> Which, that's okay. I don't mind the homocrats. I am a homocrat. I don't I, know about you. I'm, I'm a somethingcrat. Uh, I, I'll take the term homocrat, to be honest. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah. It, Hashtag homocrats. 
I love it. Homocrats. Uh, I mean, we're just stealing something from the 80s. But like some who guy, Everybody yeah, steals that. There's a bunch of goddamn homocrats in here. That's what it is. <laughs> some some guy thought he was being so clever, and 30 years later, we're taking it back. We're like, hey. Hey, it's like the word queer. We're taking it back, and it's ours now. So if you're a big homocrat out there, give us a shout out. <laughs> I love these. We're all, <laughs> I, don't, I love when they try to, um, like put laws on like cunnilingus like no no sexual acts on a, like how it's very specific first of all still first of all notice that it doesn't say no blowjobs right because of course I'm, the guy you, absolutely the men can get sucked up but but uh you can't go down on your girlfriend and that's not just that's for that's for women i guess it was a way to specifically target lesbians um but, but it, also it, yeah <laughs> It's I feel just, like that was kind of you know what that was that was some self that was a group of selfish ass men that were like you know what mm-hmm. I just want my wife to suck me and do make me a sandwich so yeah I don't want her to think that me going down on her is an option um, and also <laughs> same time we can put it to the lesbians exactly that it's both it's like look honey I would I personally would love to eat you out but it's just it's illegal you know and the you new cunnilingus law you know me I'm just an upstanding guy and I do I obey the letter of the law so um, while I'm in this house this pro- house of prostitution getting sucked off I cannot return the favor <laughs> um <laughs> Anyways, good job. So, but the whole point of that is that, so, like, this idea, so these, these 12 men are raped by Jeffrey Dahmer. They're drugged and raped because that's what happens when, when you administer sleeping pills to someone, you're raping them, Jeffrey. You do not have consent. You can't just drug someone. So, anyways. I thought, I just wanted him to not move. We were gonna have <laughs> sex anyway. You're not getting what I'm saying. I didn't rape him. No, I just gave him some, some drugs and he. We were gonna have sex anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I just didn't want him to move. So I just made I it the way him... that I wanted it to be. So <laughs> anyway, so if, so this was only two years before had these stupid laws of like, you can't be gay and drive a vehicle and you can't go down on women and you're all a bunch of homocrats. They'll, it was just two years before that these laws had been repealed. So obviously these 12 men did not feel safe going to the police and being like, um, we're raped. And if they had, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, Wisconsin wasn't fostering a safe and accepting environment for queer citizens at the time. Even the 1982 bill that prohibited discrimination based on sexual orientation wasn't enough to make a man feel comfortable enough to not only admit he was gay, but also that he had been raped by another man. Um, In many law enforcement and public opinion, if a person attended these places, gay bars, bathhouses, then they deserved what happened to them. At least 12 men were drugged and raped by Dahmer during this time and could have potentially prevented further crimes. But the fear of being ignored or worse, ridiculed and outed, prevented countless victims from going to the police. And this is why it matters that you have conversations around these issues and that you create dialogue in your communities. Because this, we when we get to the second part of this episode, we're going to see... All, like no one can talk to the police about all these murders that are happening and no one could talk to the police about these issues and any and one point where someone did go to the police and the police saw tangible evidence of Jeffrey Dahmer's crime it was still ignored because people weren't talking to the police and during this time uh, local institutions like Lamba Legal were trying were lobbying the police to sit to have discussions they were like you guys need to have more education um and seminars on how to deal with your queer client, your uh, not clientele, but your queer. Yeah, um, the people you're protecting. Yeah, the queer public. Like you need to have. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
you know, when you training. have, yeah, it's training. Yeah. You need to have training on how to deal, you know, how to interact with the queer community. And the Milwaukee police department was just like, uh, no, thank you very much. We're perfectly fine. We're doing great over here, banning our homos and putting our cunnilingus laws. So you homocrats can go the fuck home. Yep. <laughs> it's just, this is why it's important to be allies for other communities because Everybody is in the same place as whatever group is considered in the bottom today. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody working to build communities around all these other small minorities, it'll just prevent someone from being, like, for example, someone from being raped and not being able to report it. Yep. Exactly. You have to, you have to be allies. I mean, this is why we see issues still in the transgender community, and especially for transgender women of color. Transgender women, transgender women of color, especially, where they can't go to the police and they can't talk about this because they're not safe going to the people that are supposed to keep them safe. They don't have a voice. They don't have allies. And, and then all of a sudden we'll see a horrendous murder pop up and people are like, how could this happen? Well, because you didn't let people come to you and talk to you. Absolutely. Then when they did come to you, you ridiculed them, you mocked them, you shut them out, you shut and them up. And you told them they deserved it. Exactly. For being that way or for being in that place or for being in that situation. Exactly. So, I mean, the whole, you know, everything, it's very sad what happened in Milwaukee because um, it, a lot of it could have been prevented. It prevented it. A lot of it could have been prevented on so many occasions Jeffrey Dahmer could have been stopped, and he wasn't. And that's what's infuriating about this As early this as case. a child, when he was... As early as a child, Killing yeah. and dissecting animals on mm -hmm. his parents' property. like When, he, when he's killing the animals, when he um, uh, raped those men in the military. Yeah. All the times he's arrested for indecent exposure. The 12 men that he rapes when he gets back. Any of those times, he could have been stopped. When the people get all up in arms about the Me Too era you know but think of all those times that pe that uh cops didn't listen to a woman who reported a crime shrugged it off and this person went on to uh to do more crimes think yeah of, if they get away with it they're gonna keep doing it exactly and it's simple you criminal don't know, behavior and the people that we have stopped you don't know what you've stopped them from doing not only right. have you stopped them from raping someone and abusing people but you could have also potentially stop them from going even further and murdering someone like it's important to report sexual abuse and it's important to fucking do something about it and it's important to listen and believe people when they tell you something exactly you have to believe you have to listen so jeffrey dahmer but we you know this is over 30 years ago and we're still not learning our lesson but we'll pick up more next week. We will get into the actual murders um, and some of the infuriating ways that the Milwaukee Police Department just looked the other way. Pretended the ball, nothing was happening. Didn't care. Um, and, and then the fallout of the queer community after Dahmer was finally caught and arrested. So, Homocrats, make sure you tune in next week. You can, as always, find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Player FM, Radio something or other. There is, we are literally everywhere. Every. Check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter. And uh, join us on Patreon. Jo yes, if you can support our Patreon, it really, really helps us, guys. It helps us keep these um, the podcast going. We put a lot of work into this, and everything that you give us goes back into this podcast. It goes into our equipment. It goes into advertising. Not even advertising. We don't even have a budget for that. It goes into equipment. 
and uh, we don't pocket any of the money. So if you can help us and support the queer arts, go to Your Queer Story. Nope, go to patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. Whatever, you know go. You know how to work the Patreon. You go to the Patreon and you you do the, you type in the Your Queer Story and then you, you donate or you support us. So stay queer. Uh, don't get a lobotomy. You succulent sapphists. We love you, our little allied hookers. You fucking sodomites. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.